Welcome to the MMA Kill Shot Podcast from DFS Army. It's UFC Vegas 86, Piper versus Hermanson. I'm Sniper from DFS Army. That's Monk over there. It's Vegas 86. We're going to talk fights. We're going to talk DraftKings. We're going to talk betting. Break it all down. I'm excited for it, even if uh, Monk literally just said he wanted to 86 this card. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I got to call you out. That's Listen, at least we have fights. The pay-per-views coming up. Are bangers. I will say from somebody who podcasts, 14 fights with these 14 fights. Uh, okay, let's do it. Right. I'd like to watch them. But these are the type of cards, though, honestly, that end up being really fun. So that'll be that'll be good. But in terms of researching and tape study and podcasting, I'm not gonna tell you I had a great time this week. <laughs> like, I'm not gonna. Especially the late chain, like, but by the time I got to Fernie Garcia coming in, I'm like, ah, do I have to go watch Fernie Garcia tape? Yeah. Do I? Do Bro. I? It did. Granted, I, I watched like one and a half, and I was like, I'm good. Um, <laughs> um, I'm good here. No, no more of this. So, that being said, you know what we're gonna do? Hit the like button. Make sure you join DFS Army link down below if you want real, you know, DraftKings optimizer strategies, all that good stuff. Uh, might have a third person joining us here. We're running a little bit late. Granted, I was late first and then didn't respond to the message, but we'll have another person from DFS Army jumping in at some point, hopefully, and I'll introduce him if he rolls on in. But for now, I think it's time. Let's talk Pfeiffer. B. Joe Pfeiffer. He's <laughs> 9,000. Taking on Jack Hermanson at 7,200. Your line on this fight. Pfeiffer's minus 240. Hermanson is plus 205. I know you love, you're just a huge Joe Pfeiffer fan. You Number love one. Mr. Pfeiffer. Number so you one. can start us off. <laughs> you're being a little sarcastic. I don't, I'm not going to put it, do that. I'm you not going to put it out there, but there's D DM me if you want to know why I don't want to be Joe Pfeiffer. Um, yeah, man, this, this, you got to play, I think, a at least a little bit of both sides. Pfeiffer, for the obvious reason, uh, I mean, he's he's not putting up a ton of points. He's not killing it in the DraftKings scene. 105.6 against the worst fighter we've ever seen in the UFC, Alan Amadovsky. Uh, 96 against Mearshart and 97 against Abdul Razak Al-Hassan. Uh, and he is, uh, you know, he's still in the 9K range this week. Meanwhile, Hermanson, I think he's just being a little uh, undervalued. His strength to schedule is obviously much, much better than the three guys I just named. Uh, he is two and three in his last five, but he does have wins over uh, striker Chris Curtis and uh, and Edmund Shabazian. So you do like to see that. As long as Hermanson can keep his head for the first, like, seven, eight minutes, maybe two full rounds, uh, the longer this goes, I think it favors him. So uh, give me Jack Hermanson. Uh, for the win outright, I'm going to pick him as one of my very, very few dogs this week. Um, maybe not going to be a good pick. Pick with my heart instead of my head. But, yeah, I like Jack Hermanson here. And for DraftKings, I don't mind him uh, as a punt play in cash. And I don't mind uh, either guy for GPP. Sounds good. We do got a third man joining us. Welcome into the show, making his DFS Army debut. It is Gino. Gino can contributes content That's over good. at DFS Army with us. We got five guys. That's why DFS Army is a good value. There's tons of us cranking out content, picks, opinions, all that good stuff. Gino, what's going on, man? You ready for this super spectacular card? Oh, we can't hear you. Oh, no. Yeah, can't hear you mute, at all. Your mute light is flashing. There we go. Can you hear me? Yeah, we got you. Okay. What's up, guys? Um... Yeah, all 14 fights, I'm pretty hyped for them. All it right, was, uh, well, 
we'll we'll lead right into you here with uh, we're on her we're on the main event Hermanson and um B. Joe Pfeiffer, who is Monk's favorite fighter. Yep. Yep. So Pfeiffer's just a beast, man. Like he could he has dynamite in his hands. And then I, you know, I'm I'm looking at him and he can even land a submission here and there. So he's got two real paths to victory here with Hermanson. But the thing about Hermanson is like back in the Chris Curtis fight when he's running away, he he can present problems like that from a DraftKings perspective. So you can see where it could go a little flat there, but as far as uh, overall play, I think I think Piper's a great play. Um, definitely, I mean, with anybody, he's I think he's so powerful. He's always um, eligible for that round one finish. Um, so yeah, uh, I like Piper a lot here, but I wouldn't say right off uh, Hermanson. I think I think he is a, he is a good play in GPPs especially. Um, okay. Uh, the reason you can't, I'm on Joe Pfeiffer. The reason you really can't write off Hermanson in this fight for cash or GPP is our, we have 14 fights and we have fuck, fuck all to choose from for dogs. Like I've gone through the notes here. We're going to talk about how we do the rest of the podcast in a second. Gino has quite a few dogs that I just, I got to hear these, some of these arguments because looking, I got, I got one I'm picking straight up and one I'm taking because who the fuck knows in the fight. And that's all the dogs I'm taking. We'll get to that there. For this fight, for me, I'm on Pfeiffer. Sorry, Monk. I think you're going to see a speech. He is. He's too big. He's too strong. He moves yep. forward. I don't think Hermanson's going to be able to. Hermanson needs to grapple in this fight. And I just don't think we know. We assume, and if you know, with Pfeiffer's background, the takedown defense is going to be there. Maybe some of these trips get him down, and he can't defend the kind of MMA takedowns. But I can't kind of rely on an aging Hermanson to do that. But that is Hermanson's path here. He closes the distance, gets a trip, gets him on the ground. Hermanson does have nasty, nasty ground and pound and submissions, and that would be his path to victory. I just can't pick it. I'm on Piper here uh, because of the dog situation. Go ahead, stack it in cash games, I guess. You might want to punt with like a Bruno Brazil, though, instead. And we can talk about that later for your cash games, just for a floor monk, not, not to win the fight, but for a floor. Um, yeah, I am on the Joe Pfeiffer side. All right, guys, we got. I've cleared this with nobody, so just Monk and I are not a fan of the hour and a half, two hour podcast that can develop when there's a three man pod. Now, for the main event, it's fine, but you go if I break a fight down, and the Monk goes, and then you go. That's ten minutes right there. You do ten minutes times fourteen fights. I, if I'm a listener, I've opened up my wrists. Like just yeah. personally, I can't listen to myself talk for ten minutes. So I think what we do, unless you guys disagree, I thought we could have some fun with it. And I'm going to – I kind of know who you're picking, Monk, and Gino, your notes are done here, so I, I know who you're picking. I'm going to give you guys each one fighter, and I will just see whoever nice. – I'll be the referee here. I'll tell you who I'm going to pick and who had the better, the better argument. Now, Gino, I think you're in for a problem here. I don't know how – because Monk's been doing these long-form podcasts with me a while. So let's see how many of these you can win. I'm gonna I'm gonna judge it separately from who I think had the best decision for the play versus who I picked to win the fight. And I'll drop that in real quick. So let's let's try that out. Let's see how it goes. Let's do it. Um so we're not here for for two goddamn hours. And by the way, if I'm get there's some fights like you it's gonna be a real if you get, for example, I'm just going to assume nobody is taking Officer Trevin Giles. But if I assign you a side of the fight you really don't like, and I got to look now, Gino, you may have picked him. I don't even know. 
Did you? Oh, you did. Nice. Nice. <laughs> so if there is a fight like that where just nobody wants any part of it, sorry. Just do your best with that guy. Yep. Roll on from there. Ah, great. Gotta look at here. All right. Sorry for the delay, guys. We'll see how this goes. Gino's going to be with us for the pay-per-view. Uh, Two-week two week run here. Let us know what you think down in All the right. comments. Co-main event, Dan Ige. He's 8,600. Taking on Andre Touchy-Feely at 7,600. The line of this fight, Dan Ige is minus 170. The comeback on the touchy one. I'm sure it's a nickname he wants, but it is now. Plus 145 for him. I'm going to pull up my cheat sheet here. I'm going to have a separate tab so I can see where our man down there has gone against the grain. All right, there's one well, thing. I'll, I'll, put, I'll be sure to have my picks in early next week. Yeah. So we I kind of know just just, ba just based on our conversation. But either way, we're good here. And you know what? We'll start with the we'll start with the dog in this one. And Gino, you're up. Andre Feely. How can you win this fight? Okay. So I like I like Feely. Um, you guys coming in with a 58% takedown defense. It has a fairly decent sample they pulled that from. Um, he recently gave up five takedowns to Bryce Mitchell in his fight. Um, he's fighting uh, at a Feely who's really experienced. He presents an issue. His average is about two to three takedowns per fight. He can mix that in. Um, he does have a ceiling of about five or seven, um, especially here um, with this guy because he, he has given up a few in overtime. Um, however, uh, I really don't like the fight for DraftKings as, as we're talking about DraftKings. Um, because I don't, I don't see either of these guys scoring well. I'm picking Feely to win, um, uh, because you you see Ige has already lost. Um, he has lost to guys of similar uh, fighting styles as Feely. Um, so yeah, I I I think there are much less, uh, much worse dog plays here to be played, and I think Feely's a good one. He showed well in his last few fights that he's been out. Um, I think he could pull something off here. Monk, who you got? About now, you got. Let's let's give the argument here for Dan Ige. Yeah, I'm gonna take Ige here. Feely to me is just too um, unsteady overall for his career. He's just up and down. I never know what Feely we're gonna get uh, against Joe Anderson Brito. I mean, that wasn't even close, and he was he was coming off, uh, you know, I guess that no contest with Pineda, but uh, he was I think was supposed to. Yeah, he was minus two twenty five against Brito in that fight. So huge, huge favorite, and he got served in like uh 40 seconds then he beats bill algio who's got some great wins under his belt uh then he loses to nathaniel wood who's looked like not great lately and um and then beats lucas almeida who he should obviously beat but looked like an absolute killer out there um so he's up and down and his strength of schedule not quite where dan egays is uh two and three in his last five but he's only lost to bryce mitchell mavzar evluev who's still undefeated and josh emmett uh, who just came off the KO of the year. So some decent names there. At 8,600, I think Ige does have a path to score okay. Um, I'm with Gino, though. Don't really like this for DraftKings, but I am going to pick Dan Ige outright. Um, and I think his his path to victory might score a little bit better than Feely, depending on the Feely that we're going to get. So it's a bit trepidatious, but I like Ige a little bit more for DraftKings. My, my pick for the fight, I'm on Dan Ige. I think that's on the feet. I also don't don't trust Feely. I am going with a Dan Ige pick in terms of between who won between you guys. I, I kind of got to give it mm, decisions. See, you got the hard part. Yeah, I'm calling it a ten ten. 
I, I really nobody Ooh, blew me away, guys. Both of you guys gotta step it up. Nobody <laughs> blew me away there. Hey, nobody, I'm just I'll take a tie away. for right now. Ty's not a bad warm up. Let's go. See how you put that on us. Ooh. Yeah, that wasn't eh. He's yeah. just 10 10 on the first it's kinda, fight. That's kind of how I feel about the whole the whole fight, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fight number three. Oh, good. A name that I looked up earlier and I already forgot. Robert Breshik, I believe. I'm going to go Breshik. That's not right. Fuck off. Take it on Ihor Porteria. He's 8,800. Is Breshik Porteria is 7,400. And I just butchered it right there, but just roll with me. We're going to call him Ihor the rest of the podcast. Breshik is minus 160. The comeback on Ihor is plus 135. And Monk, you're going to go first for this one. And I got to give you. God, why is this? You know, I, I, I got I to gotta make notes before next time. This is not as easy as I thought it was going to be. All right, Monk, you know what? I'm going to give you the dog this time. You take our boy Ehor. How's he win the oh, fight? Oh, God. Ah, uh, Jesus. Uh, maybe like a piece of the Way roof. Way to instill falls. confidence. Maybe the re- the piece of roof falls on Brightcheck while they're fighting. I'm not really sure. Um, wow. Uh, well, I guess he looked okay in his win uh, against Tua. He scored 110 points and got he the knockout over. last loss, too, for the over first a round. Guy. I mean, yeah, I was that was UFC Austin. I was at that fight. Um, yeah, he looked good until he just had absolutely nothing left. Which would be fine if he got, you know, knocked out with like two or one minute left in the third round. But this was the ninth minute of the fight, man. And he looked dead for he looked dead for two minutes before that. So yeah, I'm not really doing myself. I gotta remember going forward that I'm trying to make a case for the win, but in this case, it is extremely difficult. I mean, I guess his path to victory is if Brychik doesn't finish him early. The longer this goes, I think the worse it is for Robert. And uh, Ehor, you know, does have a couple submissions under his belt, more than a couple seven. So round three sub, what's that? It's got to be like plus 2,000 minimum. Uh, that would be interesting. But I think that's how he gets it done. Uh, he's he's got to just withstand and get through the first probably 11 minutes. <laughs> I mean, you butchered that, man. No All right. way. He's you know, terrible. We talked before the podcast. You know I he's my kill shot. That. How do you fuck that up? I never you know, said. Make the case for uh, Breeshik. What? <laughs> All right. So, with uh, Breeshik, I usually do not like guys that come in that haven't really fought in the UFC that come in as big money favorites. Um, I've actually made a lot of money going the opposite way. But in this situation, it just feels like they really like this Brisha guy. Um, and they are setting him up with a nice win to start off with as he comes into the UFC. If you look at it, Paterio has lost three of his last four and all three of them he was finished in. And yes, they were all finishes by striking, um, ground and pound or KO. And then if you look at Brisic, Brisic has... Won every fight since 2021 with a round one finish. Um, so I just think that right there, it just lines up. And then going and watching his film, like this dude, yeah, he he looks like he hits pretty hard. Um, and I don't know how much more we're going to see of Bateria if after this one. So, All that's right. my so, argument. Yeah, I, I'm taking my – I'm actually picking Ihor Bateria. And the reason being is because this is the coin flip who gives – who fucking knows? 
Grishik, this power he's developed is pretty recent if you start digging into his film. It's not, he hasn't always had this crazy power. The last few fights, yeah, he seems to have developed it. Igor Porteria, the way he fights, they're going to go, they're going to throw down in the center of the cage. And I don't think Grishik's anything special. I think he's fine. He's, he's technically better, but I think this is the war coin flip. And I hate all the dogs enough on this card that I'm going to take a shot. I, I, and to be clear, play plenty of Grishik in GPPs. I just, I, to me, it's pretty much a coin flip fight. I, I don't think as highly as Breeshek, I think, as Gino does. But I am going to give him the win because Monk, trying to uh, pick, you know, give Ihor a case, didn't even mention that he swings hard and it's gonna could just land in a phone booth. Just was I so... 11 knockouts. 11. I appreciate you taking it easy on the rookie, Monk. I appreciate hey, it. Hey, dude, he threw me <laughs> Ihor Patera. like, oh, shit. <laughs> I got nothing. I, I wasn't I, expecting I, I, this. I, you know what's funny is, is people are going to think I'm throwing you the shit in this next fight. No, but you're good. I, I, but but I kind of have Prepared. to just based on our conversation earlier, and we're going to talk about Gregory Rodriguez at 9100 taking on Brad Tavares at 7100. Line on the fight: Rodriguez minus 240, Tavares plus 205. Gino, you're first. You get the favorite, Gregory Rodriguez. Robocop. All right, I'm cool with it. Um, all right. So let me give me a second. So you have Tavares. He's coming in with a 56% um, strike defense. We all know RoboCop. He will, he will throw him with you, and he's he's a tough guy. Um, he landed 49 strikes in a round one. Um, RoboCop, that is. He landed up. He landed 49 strikes in a round one finish over Injikani, um, which is is pretty significant um, given how quick he took him out. Also, Tavares does he doesn't score over 70 for DraftKings. Um, even he doesn't even score well with finishes and fights because his volume uh, is so lacking when it comes to that. Um, 50% of uh, Tavares' professional losses have been – he's been finished in them, and Rodriguez is a prime candidate for finishing his opponents. That's that's one of his his ways to get guys – is to get guys out, um, one of his main ways. So with that, I, I like the way the numbers are lining up, and I, you know you know what you get with Gregory Rodriguez. Um, so I think this is fair, and I, I like the play. All right, Monk, give us a dog. Your boy, Brad Tavares. He's my boy now. I'm going to stop talking to you before the show. <laughs> uh, yeah, Tavares, super cheap this week, as he should be. Uh, 7,100, uh, as Gino said, probably won't even 10x his salary. Um, but I don't, I, I honestly think he has a shot here. And I'm not just saying that because of the format that we're going with. Um, Gregory Rodriguez has looked good in a couple fights, but he's fought fucking nobody. Dennis Tululin, Bruno Fajeda, Chidi and Jokwani, who has two minutes of gas, apparently. Julian Marquez uh, is not good. And Petrosian, I think we're going to find out after this week, not, you know, that loss is going to age uh, poorly, even more poorly um, going forward. Meanwhile, Tavares has lost to uh, Bruno Silva, not a good look, but a guy named Dricus Duplessis, ever heard of him? Uh, beat Chris Weidman, former champ. Beat shoe face five fights ago wasn't he a champ in the pfl uh omari akmenov wasn't he close to wasn't he in the p doing some shit in the p i don't know Tavares is fighting the much better uh opponents and if Tavares doesn't get knocked out which yeah rodriguez does have a few uh knockouts in fact three of his last four or all three of his last three wins rkos um if Tavares can withstand that the longer this fight goes i think a greasy decision is definitely in play and that's Tavares's path to victory Easy seventy points, um, split decision. I think that's uh, I think that's his road here. Just the strength of schedule is just so so different in Tavares's favor. 
Well, for me, fight pick is Rodriguez. I think the difference is going to be the aging Tavares. I think the durability is going. We've seen him get a put down recently. That's what I'm worried about here against the power of RoboCop. I will say argument-wise, though, Monk, I got to give you this one. I got to give it. I like going back into the history. I like the passion with which, which you spoke. And one more <laughs> thing I would have liked to hear you mention is that a fight this week, this card, a Tavares 65-point win could very well be enough for the optimal because – yeah, we, I, we saw Charles Johnson last week. I don't want to fucking talk about that. <laughs> Stop that goddamn fight. That hurt. That hurt. Hey, I didn't I'm, like it either. I want to take away the win, for, the win from you just for mentioning <laughs> that. All right, but let's move on. Let's take. Let's talk Michael Johnson at 8,300. Taking on Darius Flowers at 7,900. Line on this fight. Michael Johnson minus 140. Come back on Darius Flowers plus 115. Look, Monk, I'm going to give you the favorite. You're going to get Michael Johnson here, but anybody who I, – I wrote this in my notes. Anybody who's taking Michael Johnson this week confidently clearly has never been cheated on because <laughs> then you don't have any type of trust issues whatsoever because this is just – Michael Johnson again? Again? Mm-hmm. But here we are. You got Michael Johnson. You're first. Um. Yeah, he's at least the salaries are low here, 83 and 79. So I like that uh, right off the bat for Michael Johnson because he only scores 82 points on average. Uh, his last triple digit score was against um, the illustrious Alan Patrick, in which he knocked him out in the second. 102 points there. Biggest um, nipples in mixed martial arts. Alan yeah, <laughs> probably. Uh, Darius Flowers seemed decent. I mean, his first fight out was uh, against, you know, Jake Matthews, been in the UFC forever um was a very low salary got finished in that fight but still scored 22 points i think johnson is gonna just i don't know i don't it, part of me thinks he's gonna have to just come out and lay it on the line but he kind of did that a little bit he started to do that with uh with ferrera i mean he was winning the entire fight until he got clipped and then that was it the fight was just over and uh yeah all of our DraftKings uh dog money flushed right down the toilet so I just think he's going to have to put a vet lesson on Darius Flowers if he wants if he wants it. He's 37 years old. He has not looked great. Time is catching up, as you just mentioned, with the last fight. But I think he has this in him. I think he's, you know, a, I think he's still an okay gatekeeper for guys of this caliber, guys with, you know, one or two UFC fights who we don't know a lot about. Um, unfortunately, you know, Darius does have the experience with 17 fights, but good thing for Johnson, he has more than double that. Um, and I think he could give him a vet lesson here. All right, Gino, how about for Darius Flowers? So I did pick Darius Flowers, um, and I picked him because if you look at Michael Johnson, so Michael Johnson has lost, um, what is it? Let me make sure I'm telling you right. Four of his last six, um, of those four, he has been finished in three, um, in three, um, three or two of those fights. Most recently, he got knocked out by uh, Diego Ferreira. Um, so we go over to Darius Flowers. You look at Darius Flowers. He um, he did lose to Jake Matthews, but I really that makes me like those guys even more because um, I feel like when those guys come in and they're good, like I, th- I think this guy has talent, and they lose, they drop one to a veteran, like Monk just said, as Jake Matthews, it's nothing but a learning experience. These guys have professional coaches. They have guys that are working with them. They identify holes. They get better. Um, and then on top of that, if you look before that loss, um, he 
slammed the guy in the DW uh, CS uh, and had the fight had to get stopped because of that. Then before that, he had a round one finish, round two finish, um, another round one finish. Guy has a history of finishing people, and Michael Johnson has a history of getting finished. So I think it's a nice lineup for a dog play there. Who am I going to go with here? Look, I, out of principle, cannot pick Michael Johnson in a fight. I just I said it didn't be. I got to pick Darius Flowers. I think it's a coin toss fight. I think clearly Johnson's got the cleaner striking. It's a matter of whether or not he can stay conscious. Um, it just he keeps getting chin checked. So that's the pick there. Uh, in terms of argument, though, I don't. Know. I kind of I kind of like Monk's point here about the vet lesson in Darius Flowers. Darius Flowers just lost to to a, a veteran. I agree with the pick. But I got to give respect to somebody actually giving an argument that made me think twice for a second about Michael Johnson. So I'll Here give we that go. one to Monk. Let's talk about Adolfo Vieta at 8,200, taking on Armand Petrosian at 8,000. Line on this fight. Pick him, damn near pick him, which it should be. Um, Vieta is minus 120, Petrosian is plus 110. And we'll start with Gino. And God, I, I really, I, you know what, Monk, you just won two in a row, so I'm gonna make you defend Petrosian. What do you got for Vieira? But you can do it. You can do it. Gino, you're you're up for uh, Rodolfo. I appreciate the handicap. Um, so <laughs> yeah, I'm really glad because I am fading Petrosian. Actually, believe it or not, because that's dangerous. That's that's scary because. If Rodolfo doesn't get a takedown, he's going to end up getting knocked out because someone closed a door in the apex. But, okay, so let's, let's talk about that. Um, with Petrosian, and like like we just said about, about getting knocked out, that's not really his thing, though. Um, he, I mean, he has done it, but it's it's not as it's not as scary. Now, the one thing I'm looking at now, you're starting to make – never mind, because I'm arguing with Monk. Um but, but yeah, so I, I do get that. But the other part of that is I think Vieira, this thing could go to the ground and Vieira lands a submission quick. Um, and I think he does get it to the ground. Um, if, if you look at, let's see. That's absolutely his path, by the way. Vieira has got to get this to the ground. It's a matter of can he before he can't lift his arms anymore and he's face down to the canvas breathing heavy. I don't trust yep. that man's tank. And so I just wanted to give an accurate number. That's why I say give me a second. Yep. Petrosian's coming out. I was filling for you. It's a podcast trick. What's that? <laughs> I was just filling for you. Oh, thanks. Why well, you uh, looked it up. So um, the 36% takedown defense of Petrosian tells me, and that's across a five-fight sample. So the fact that he's given it up at that much of a rate for how much guys are attempting, um, that really makes me feel good about Vieira's ability to get this to the ground and land the submission. And you know that's what he's going to do because, like we just talked about, the striking is going to go towards Petrosian. So if he has that weakness on it, I think he can he can get on him early with the with the wrestling, get it down, and land a submission. Sounds good. Monk, Petrosian. All right. Uh, Superman somehow is his nickname. Um, <laughs> yeah. The 26% takedown accuracy of Adolfo Vieira hopefully will come into play here. Uh, if he shoots a couple of times and 
I mean, something happens where Petrosian can stay up once or twice in like the first round. Vera might start to slow down a little bit. I am worried that he did go all three rounds with Chris Curtis, and he did get 109 shots landed on him. Chris Curtis um, and, and didn't just, go I down. I, I know, I know. Chris Curtis watches and listens to everything with his God, name in it. <laughs> like, like I've already, he's already been in my DMs. I've, I DM back. I right. kind of respectfully once we could, but I, Chris, you, you're going back uh, to what makes us hate you, bro. You're doing it again. You're doing, you're doing it again. Remember. You see what, what your teammate last week did when he got away eight a foul? See how he kept going and didn't look for a way out even though he was going to lose the fight? Did you see that, Chris? Did you see it? Yeah, over on uh, fight time on prize picks for that was 16.5. That kick happened at 16 minutes, 28 seconds. I was <laughs> like, no fucking way, dude. But thank goodness Delizze is not Chris Curtis uh, for so many reasons. But yeah, that's his path to victory, Petrosi. And he's going to have to stuff takedowns. He's going to have to wear Vieira out. And he's going to have to keep this on the feet because Vieta does give up 3.31 DraftKings points per minute at distance. Um, so that's basically the way he's going to have to win this fight. Unfortunately, as Gino already said, um, Armin Petrosian has a governor of some kind on his DraftKings points, so he can only score 80, 81, because that's exactly what he scores every single time. But but he is the most expensive dog, so that is a kind of a not a great thing to look forward to. But 80 points at $8,000 is still better than a 20 point loss at 8,200. So you're still getting some, some, uh, something there if he does win. And I bet you not a lot of people are going to be on Petrosian. So if he gets the win here, might find some sneaky value. Monkey gave it a valiant effort, and the governor comment was funny. Oh, come on. I thought I had <laughs> the it. governor thing was funny. It, all, it almost <laughs> got me. So you were talking about if you, if, if Vieira had a governor, might have pushed over the top there, but I'll give right. that one. To Gino and the just atrocious twenty six percent takedown defense. Oh, I do I, I I do agree with the Vieira pick. Obviously, I yeah. will say I I wouldn't. I'd be nervous fading, but it's one of those things you got to take a stand. There's a couple stands to be made on this card. I got one coming up. I'll, I'll share, but if that's the stand you want to take. Sure, personally, Vieira and that history of a bad gas tank. I can't fully fade Petrosian. I will say that if Vieira Let's say that if this is the fight where Vieira gets, we get through 10 minutes and he's forced to grapple, doesn't get a submission, or they strike more like he shows some improved cardio, I'll probably stop mentioning it until we see it again. Jim but I, one one Chris Curtis fight is, is not enough to sway. One one disclaimer, though, with the fading, um, I think this is important because I've talked to a couple guys in the channel about that. When I say I'm fading, it's because I'm playing 20 lineups. You know, I got to make I got to make some stands yep. um, and do that. Uh, if I'm playing 150 to 300, I mean, you there's not that much reason to fade a whole bunch of 300 guys. lineups. You must be married or on The Bachelor. No, <laughs> All right, next fight up. Let's talk about Carlos Prates. God, I'm butchering those names this week. I'm gonna get some comments in, in, on, on the channel on the YouTube, and I deserve it. 9200 taking on Officer Trevin Giles at 7,000 line on this fight uh Prates is minus 250 the officer is plus 210 monk you're first and you get the favorite you're gonna get carlos Prates. here we go well as you know i'm a stat guy and i don't have a ton of stats for this guy he's one of 85 newcomers on this card um but his nickname's cool the nightmare carlos the nightmare is pretty good uh his, his dana white contender series fight against mitch ramirez uh he got the knockout in six minutes score would have scored 92 Point six DraftKings points there. 
um, landed one knockdown. He did get taken down and controlled for almost 21% of that six minutes, but he did uh, have a 64% striking accuracy on 30 strikes landed. So we do like to see that. Um, unfortunately, that's about all the stats I have for him. So I'll take this opportunity to uh, just uh, try to talk shit about Trevin Giles. I mean, he's two and three in his past five, uh, lost to Gabriel Bomfi, Michael Morales, and of course, uh, the champ. Drickus Duplessis. Uh, his only wins, Preston Parsons is a good win on paper, um, but on st- just the stats, if you take the round by round scoring out of it, he didn't win that fight. Parsons, uh, you know, took him down three times, controlled him for 35% of that fight. Uh, and then his fight against Luis Koske. I mean, what are we doing against a Koske brother? I don't value that at all. He took him 15 minutes and only scored 57 points. Jesus. So, yeah. Give me the newcomer here, 9,200 for Carlos Pratas. And it's always dangerous to uh, play a guy that all that like this is his secondary occupation. Like he has another job. Always dangerous to do that. All right, Gino, why, why, why are we going on Office of Giles here? So I am picking Giles. Um, I know. That's, and, that's why I gave him to you. I wasn't being yep. a nice monk. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought you might have been being nice to me. Um, but um, I, the, I like Giles because, yes, he's been finished in three of his last five. But if you look at it, he lost to the now champion um, who beat him up, who did the same thing to Robert Whitaker. Um, that's one. Michael Morales, Gabriel Bonefim. Gabriel Rowe, I don't know about the Morales, but the Gabriel Bonefim, okay, those are good guys. If you look over, we don't have any stats on Pradis because he hasn't fought anybody yet. Um, he hasn't, he hasn't fought against anybody yet. And how many times have we seen these guys come up at high prices at big lines? And then they lose to guys who are experienced. Cause yeah, while Giles looks like shit when he's fighting Dragos Duplessis, we have, I don't, I don't know if Pratis is, is Dragos Duplessis. So that's where I'm at. Um, and then he also, the other part, we don't have a lot of stats on him, but I do know he doesn't have offensive wrestling, but he has defensive wrestling. So if that's coming at him, he's got 71% uh, takedown defense. Um, his his striking defense is okay as well. He's a decently well-rounded fighter. As far as DraftKings goes, I'm fading the fight. Um, because I like Giles to win, it makes me not like the fight. Um, because Giles is another one. He doesn't typically score well in DraftKings. So I could see him just taking this guy a while and landing a, an ugly win. Um, he wins. It's not going to be pretty. All right. Uh, I I'm, I'm on practice here and he's actually one of my favorite plays on the card because his, he is striking at least I'm going by eye test. I know he's not been in the UFC. Dude's a good striker. You want to, we were talking about Breshek's power, I, you know, smaller weight class, but, but Prates can fucking hit. And I rate Trevin Giles like, fucking sour can of tuna fish um like yeah he lost to duplessy and bon pima morales okay i'm kind of on on monk's side here though in that you know then he won against james Krause, which i don't know how Krause was able to fix the fight the other way but clearly did that shit because there's there's no way that trevin giles i have watched that fight repeatedly no way and I had this rule in life that if you got finished by Zach Cummings, I can't pick you ever. And that's, Good rule. And that's just the the life rule at this point. I get it. I get the uh, vet narrative here. I kind of think the vet has to be good, though. I got to give this one to Monk, but 
it might be my Trevin Giles bias shining through. It really could be. I don't dislike him as much as I like Chris Curtis, but you know, I don't like him. Next fight up, let's talk. About, I got Bolaji Oki taking on, on short notice, um, Timothy Kwamba. Kwamba, I named. I'm gonna be honest. I watched his fights on mute and just kind of just roll with it. I, I should have looked it up for the podcast. I didn't. Sue me. Um, line on this fight, we have Kuamba is uh, this one got moved around on fight odds because of the cancellation. Cancellation. So I have to stall for a second and try and find it. Where the fuck did they move it to? Is it not on fight odds? I don't actually see odds here on fightodds.io. On best fight. Uh, well, yeah, best fight, best fight odds. Site that never actually works for me. Oki's like minus two hundred. Uh, I got Kwamba it here. Like- yeah, I got it here. Weird. Minus two hundred. The comeback on Kwamba is plus one sixty-two. Uh, before I hand it off, I will say this is an interesting salary spot in that because of the late notice replacement, Oki is priced as if he was fighting someone else, and he was the most expensive fighter on the card, and now. He's fighting somebody where he should be priced in the mid to high 8,000. It's not a flip where he's the underdog, but you're losing a lot of odds value. He's not going to be very popular for that reason. The odds-based players are not going to be on him. I just gave Monk a favorite. So, Gino, you get Bolaji Oki. Okay, so from I am picking uh, Oki. He is 9,500, so that's quite expensive. Going to have to do something to pay off that salary, but he is around one finish bonus. Uh, candidate in this in this fight here um he has three of his last four wins are round one finishes um he is fighting a guy in kuamba who actually they have very similar resumes i went back and watched kuamba versus vogel in that uh dana white contested series fight he looked to be landing some decent strikes um but ended up going to decision so I, I kind of question his ability to be able to put damage or anything on Oki because Oki seems pretty durable, seems pretty tough. He's um, done. He's gone fairly flawless through his competition thus far. Um, I, except for I think he has one loss earlier in his career, but other than that, he's just he's been pretty dominant. I think he goes into this Kuamba piece and just uh, probably gets it done in the first round. Um, so that that's where I'm at. I'm, I'm pretty confident in Oki. All right, Monk, what you got for what you got for Kwamba? Uh yeah, we don't know much about either of these guys. The short notice doesn't help, and Kwamba is uh coming up a weight class from his previous fight. Um, but that said, both of these guys have nine pro fights each. Like I we can't base anything off of that. Uh we've been talking about guys come in with huge salaries that have no professional experience. Um, and yeah, so occasionally we're talking about them fighting other UFC guys, but in this case. We're fighting, uh, you know, Timothy Kwamba, who's at 7,500. Like you said, we've lost a ton of odds value on Oki already. 9,500, I mean, outside of the first-round finish, which is big, uh, there's almost no value on the, that salary whatsoever. And even if it is a first-round finish, what happens if uh, he doesn't get a knockdown and he finishes him in the first round with the, with less than ideal number of strikes? We're still talking about 100 points at 9,500. That might not be good enough with 14 fighters, so... I think all the odds values on Kwamba here. Uh, yeah, his his uh, D uh, DWCS fight 
didn't look great if you put DraftKings scoring to it, but he did last all 15 minutes. And he's got the same amount of uh, pro fights as Oki here. And the finishes aren't that different. I mean, Oki's got six pro finishes out of eight wins. Kwamba's got four pro finishes. Uh, Kwamba has been finished in his loss by sub, but Oki's got one pro sub, so that's not his game whatsoever. If this gets out of the first round, I think it's anybody's game, so therefore the value to me is on Kwamba. Look, I'm picking I'm picking Oki here. Uh, I think he's too big, too strong, too durable. And it's more, birthday today. Yeah, more, birthday. I think he's, he's more likely to land big power shots. That's the pick. I actually think that I'm going to give the win there to Monk on the argument side. I like the, the argument to get out of the first round and the inexperienced part of it. I agree with the technical breakdown, Monk. I like the case, though. I don't think I agree with you, but I like the case. I got to call it like I see it. Yeah, do a scoring model make and make the loser wear a shitty T-shirt next week. Next time. <laughs> Move it on. Let's take. What the hell are we up to? Oh, we're up to Bruno Brazil at sixty-eight hundred. Yeah, that's that's cheap. Take it on Luma Lukbunmi at ninety-four hundred or, or Luma Nurmagomedov. All of a fucking sudden, ninety-four hundred uh, line on this fight. Luma is minus two seventy. Bruno Brazil. Brazil, who looks like a hypey bust here, is plus 230. Not that kind of bust, you dirty, dirty perverts watching this. Like, you should be all be ashamed of yourself. Um, Mug, you're first. You get the favorite here. And Luma, look for me. There we go. Yeah, Bruna Brazil is cheap. She is 6,800. Yeah, for a reason. When she won, she barely even would 10x that salary. She scored 71.8 against the girl that had like six pro fights. Just uh, not a great showing there, especially after you got absolutely slammed by Denise Gomez uh, in your first uh, in your debut fight here. Loma Lukbumi is a bit expensive at 9,400. She's averaging, though, 85 points, much many more points than uh, Brazil. And she does score three over three points a minute, which is very good for the strawweight weight class. Uh, she looked, you know, got her first uh, finish. I believe it was her first uh, second pro finish, actually, uh, against Elise Reed. Uh, subbed her in that one beat denise gomes who uh who beat bruno brazil in the second round uh beat sam hughes beat Jinyu fry so you know those those last two names aren't the best actually none of the names are really the best uh she didn't look great yeah picked a good one <laughs> she's she didn't look great against uh loopy godinez but she did last all 15 minutes um you know just got out controlled and out takedown in that one i don't think brazil's gonna do that here uh i expect this one if it's gonna stay on the fight i like look boon me i think she's gonna be more aggressive and uh, I think Brazil's in a must-win situation, and I don't know how that's going to do for her mental. So, give me look, boon me uh, this week. Gino, take take Bruno, take uh, Bruno Brazil. Bruno Brazil. Um, I'm always always a big proponent of female underdogs to begin with uh, in MMA, but uh, I like Brazil for a couple of reasons. Uh, with takedown defense, um, the one thing if you look at it, I will say Luca Bumi does have the advantage from her 78% to Brazil's 58% takedown defense. However, Brazil will get those takedowns going, and she'll get them going in a hurry. As Monk just said, that striking advantage is going to go to Luca Bumi. Um, I I like how Brazil – I mean, Bannon, she didn't look great how she came out, so it, it's hard she to get her She looked terrible. Home. She looked deer in the headlights. What am I doing here? It The night – but what I like to see about that is to see Brazil come back. Um, Cause they clearly put those two together for that reason, because Brazil was going to test Bannon to see what she was like. And then we were going to see if Brazil was going to bounce back after getting worked by um, Gomez. 
So I like the way she responded to that. I think she can get wrestling going here uh, against Luca Bumi and put her in, in some trouble here. And as Monk said, she has to do that. Um, fighters, fighters dig, dig even deeper when they have to do something. And she has the skills here. I'm assuming good coaching and their coaches are going to tell her, look, do not stay on the feet with this girl. Do not try to stand and strike with her. Cause you're, you're going to get beat there. Um, so yeah, assuming good coaching, um, and continued improvement, I'm going to take the value of Brazil at 6,800. I tell you, I'm really, I'm really conflicted on this one. I'm taking, um, in terms of who to pick between you guys, I'll explain that in a second. I am on Lubunmi. I think the wrestling has looked really good. Um, as of late, has made has made the improvement. I'm concerned about. Um, this is where I disagree with you, Gino. Bruno Brazil was getting taken down by Marnik Mann, and Denise Gomes that also aged great. Uh, uh, that loss has aged well. I, I don't know if wrestling is. I don't know where she wins this fight. Is is my problem on the feet? You're probably right. On the ground, I think Lubunmi's make really big improvements, and that's where I disagree with you. But I like the idea of the female underdogs. That I can get behind that that argument. I'm going back and forth. I, I Luma Lubunmi is just she's looked really good. I'm am concerned about the scoring. You know what? I'm gonna, put it early. I'm gonna give this one a, a, a draw because I think it was in this case it was on Gino to kind of sway me and made one good point. And one I just I just don't agree with it. If 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 I'm wrong and uh, Bruno Brazil can get wrestling going here, then I'll go back and retroactively give him the win here. But for then, I'm gonna I'm gonna call it a tie because I, I don't I don't know how Bruno wins this fight. I just I can't see her getting takedowns. But I've been wrong before. I've been wrong plenty. Maybe maybe it's just um, Bruno Brazil's presence in the cage that made Shauna Bannon look like she had no, never been in a fight before. <laughs> That was wild. We got a lot of fights to still go here. Let's do uh, Devin Clark, 8,900, taking on Marcin Pracnio at 7,300. Line on this fight is somewhere. Clark is minus 230. Pracnio is plus 190 for this one. Uh, Gino, who you want? Let me give you a pick here. Who you want? We'll go with Clark. You you you, you want Clark? Mm-hmm. All right. Here's the thing. Never ever trust me. Take the other side of the fight. Oh, <laughs> take not? take take Pracnio. Well, good learning experience. I'm glad I can yep. learn on the fly. Monk um, saw that coming. There's no way Monk didn't see that coming. God <laughs> We let Monk go first, so I can so I can look at it for a second. Ah, cool. Cool, because whoever was getting practice, I was gonna motherfuck me. So go ahead, take take Devin Clark, and if you don't reference his screaming father somewhere in your breakdown, you're gonna lose. <laughs> Get up, Devin. Yeah, his dad is wild. Uh, is he gonna be? Do we know if he's gonna be in the corner for him? I don't know, but you'll know within 15 seconds. Yeah, insane. I think he grounded him once, actually, from the corner. Uh, that was super weird. No TV for a week, I heard him say. Uh, yeah, I'm going. I'll, I'll gladly take Devin Clark here. I was scrambling to try and find some numbers on Pracnio here. Uh, lost to Vitor Petrino, who seems like a decent um, prospect here. Lost to Felipe Lins. And I'm don't don't let the last three wins fool you. Roundtree, Villanueva, and William Knight. Um, before that fight, he's been he was knocked out uh, like four times, twice 
by smiling Sam Alvey. Let's never forget. Uh, Prackneo got put down twice, Wild. twice by that dude. Uh, Clark has the better strength of schedule, just barely. His losses aren't great. Kutalaba, who's a wild man. Mirzakhanov, who's got, uh, you know, he went three rounds with him, almost 11 minutes, I should say. And then uh, Kennedy and Chukwu, who is kind of up or down, but a little bit more up lately, beat Da Unjung in a big, uh, in my opinion, a very big win uh, when he was 7,500. So I'm going to go with Devin Clark here. In my opinion, Prackneo cannot be trusted. This dude, who knows what he's going to do in there. The fight IQ is not good. Uh, Clark scores almost three points a minute, which isn't great, but not terrible for 8,900. Averages 94 uh, per win. And the last thing I will say, where did it go? Oh, yeah. Uh, Prackneo, when he loses, gives up 106.5 points on average. So I will take that. Clark usually doesn't score well, although there are exceptions to that. Um, but I'll take my chances here and hoping that Prackneo uh, kind of plays out like this William Knight fight in which Clark scored 107. So, yeah, give me uh, Devin Clark here. Um, Devin Clark's dad, just, dude, Prozac, my guy, Prozac. <laughs> Prozac. No, you need some uppers. He clearly needs uppers. <laughs> All right, Gino, what'd you come up with? The hard assignment, I know. Marcin Prackneo. Um, but, you know, the more I look at it, but see, it's it, that's what's funny about this. The more you look at numbers, the more you study this thing, the more you can be like, ah, oh, if, you, if you overthink it. So, anyways. Uh, Pragnia. I'm I'm looking at him. He is um he's two and here he's three and two over his last five. The real concerning thing is those uh three straight uh KO losses in round one below that. Um as you said to Alvi, uh Uncle I of Rodriguez. Um, but one thing that I noticed that if the guy seems to be a little slower on the striking, um, it looks like Pragnia can get a little edge there. So if you're looking at uh for it. For example, he's fighting Ike Villanueva. He won a KO there, and he outstruck him. Guy, He had relatively low volume in terms of the striking, um, in terms of his um, opponent. Again, you look at Villanueva, another guy, lower volume striking. He was able to get up on him quick, use the striking, landed a win. Khalil Roundtree, same deal. Um, he won a decision there, outstruck him by 50 strikes, 102 Which to 49. crazy. I don't know what Khalil that was. So – I think if, if he can get the striking going, he's he's dangerous. But like you just said, that fight IQ, it, it's like don't don't put yourself in a bad situation early to get yourself knocked out. Um, so if he, if he can give himself time and, and fight a smart game plan, utilizing his strengths of striking, um, I, I do see where Pratnell could give some problems here to a Devin Clark. Because um, Devin Clark, he you guys correct me if I'm wrong, I have not seen a whole bunch of like crazy pressure he puts on people. Um to come out or pacing. So I, I think that kind of goes to Pratnia's advantage. And I think they have similar, um, they have similar resumes as I believe Monk said earlier as well. So I'll go with Pratnia. Go ahead and pick him. All right. The, uh, I'm on Clark as well. The wrestling should be too much here. That is the pick. Although Devin Clark finds ways to lose fights. I don't, it's a unique skill he has. Yeah. Has anyone uh, ever seen Pratnia and, Frankenstein in the same room at the same time because that dude fights like he's just putting his head the way, everywhere. The, the, he the, way, the, just... the way he kind of meanders forward. Yeah, I got to go with Devin Clark. I'm going to give the win to Gino though, just for defending Prackneo you know, halfway decently. Although you got to mention that uh, that 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 Khalil win is what the fuck. I don't even know how I that would, happened. Yeah, Pro, like... props for defending Prackneo you know, there. I'll give I'll give you the dub. 
especially I feel bad since I, I totally okie doked you. Next fight up, we'll go Jeremiah Wells, 8,500, taking on Max Payne Griffin at 7,700. Line on this fight, we got what the fuck is it? It's somewhere. Ooh, I'm really I'm, clearly my screens were not set up for this whole system I'm doing here. It's fun and all. Jeremiah, Jeremiah Wells is minus 150. Comeback on Payne Griffin is plus 125. I am very, very, very biased in this fight. Um, so it's going to be really hard to sway me because this is one of my core plays. Um, so that being said, Gino, you can go first and you can take Jeremiah Wells. Thank you. So <laughs> um, I, I like Jeremiah Wells. I think he's the best play at in the $8,000 range um, in terms of, especially for favorites. Um, I thought he's he looked absolutely phenomenal and great. Um, even reviewing film prior to that submission loss uh, in round two to uh, Carlston Harris, so most recently. But that makes me like him even more coming back here. And we talked about that um, earlier. When guys come off disappointing losses like that, and and they're they're gaining their ground, it does not usually it gets them better. You know, assuming he's competitive, assuming he has a good camp, he's going to continue to get better. Um, also, if if you look at his finishes. He has over six um, coming up into this fight in his last eight from what I saw. Um, so I do think Wells is a good play. Um, I, I think he does get a finish here. I think he bounces back from his, his most recent loss um, with Griffin. Monk, Max Payne Griffin. Been around a while. Max How, Payne get it done? Griffin. Well, um, you know, with any as any good uh, – litigator would i do my best at all times to defend the client that i'm given um and in that case i think i've actually found some uh some decent evidence here let's see griffin uh 70 takedown defense serviceable that's not a very small sample size at all he's stuffed uh or he's only allowed 14 out of 46 takedowns uh attempted the other thing that's jumping off the the screen to me here is he does have and this, this is why I made that face during your argument. It was nothing you said. I was looking at stats. In his last five, guys, Max Griffin has four knockdowns, one against Tim Means, one against Neil Magny, one, unless I put some of these stats in backwards, which could be possible. No, one, no you're 100% right. One against Condon and one against uh, Song Kanan. So, and Wells, I mean, his chin uh, has been tested, and it's failed a couple of times. He got knocked down twice. Uh, by Matthew Semmelsberger. Yes, he ended up winning that split decision, but uh, that did happen. Also, his strength of schedule, not very good. Blood Diamond is on his last five. Carlson Harris, not the best, and he got the win against him. Semmelsberger's looked like trash lately. Uh, Court McGee, I'm not going to talk shit about Court McGee. Um, and Worley Alves, you know, not, not the best, uh, you know, and he fought that fight in 2021. So there are paths here where Wells can make a mistake, and Griffin... Again, a vet lesson here, possibly. This dude has 29 pro fights. Uh, just insane. His only last two losses in his last five are to Michael Morales, who I regard as a very good striker, and uh, Neil Magny, who's another vet. So I think Griffin's got a better shot than I originally thought here. Uh, and the salary, um, 7,700. That is like the, the perfect spot uh, to land on the optimal lineup because you don't have to score all the points in the world. You just got to get a win.
and a greasy split decision is right in Max Griffin's wheelhouse. I can't believe I just had I just blacked out. Fuck. What happened? What happened? Fuck. <laughs> God, I was all about Jeremiah Wells. The takedown defense number and the 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 Son Kanan fight. I forgot about that fight. Did I just talked myself into Max Griffin. Holy talk, shit. You talked oh, me so into a little bit of Max it. Griffin. I'm still gonna pick Jeremiah Wells because the wrestling should get it done and and Griffin is aging. That's the best case I've heard from Max Griffin, and now I hate you. You get the win there. I'm still taking Wells. I'm on Gino's side for the pick. I feel dirty. I the get fuck a shower after it. God, that, this, 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 this may be healthy for us, Monk. That was It might be. Oh, that was weird. Out-of-body experience. All right. if if Monk, I, I'm going to give you again the guy that I, I want no part of. If you could do it again, oh, no. I'm going to be really impressed here. You can't. I mean, twice in a row. Zach Pauga was the favor this time at 8,400, taking on Bogdan Guskov at 7,800. Line on this fight, Pauga is minus 125. I I don't know how. I I don't understand. Someone make this make sense, Monk. It's going to be you in a second. Guskov is plus 105. Um, Monk, take it away with the favorite, the big time oh. Vegas favorite, Zach Pauga. I got an, I got my work cut out for me again here. I'm like arguing Dude. against myself. It's it's crazy in most of these, uh, but it is actually a good thing. It's a good um, exercise. I have one argument, and it's a, such a clear argument. Uh, and Please it's say that, sister's hot. Please say something crazy like that. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's some that, wild argument. That Bogdan Guzkov is exactly what we thought he was against Volkan Uzdemir. A fraud, Your Honor. He is indeed a fraud. I don't care if he has triple the amount of fights that my guy that my client zach paunga has holy shit uh yeah he looked not good against vulcan uzdemir he did uh land eight strikes only eight strikes in almost four minutes um so you know if if zach pound and the only thing zach should have been training since he found out about this fight is just avoid employ the jordan Wright strategy zach you've already eliminated jordan Wright. i mean you didn't finish him like literally every other person that he's ever fought has done to him, but you got the win uh, unanimously at that. Just don't get hit uh, by Guskov here and just show in a you know, fist fight. Don't get punched. Prove, the, prove to the world that indeed uh, the son, the love child of Anthony Smith and Noho Hank from Barry is indeed a fraud. Let's go. Zach Bounga. Uh, I love it. At eight plus at 8,400. When he knocks this dude out, oh, I can't believe I just said that. Mm. When he knocks this dude out in the first round, he's going to score a million points. We're going to keep doing this. This is my new favorite thing. It's also a good way to cut down Geek's talking time when Geek comes back. <laughs> this is great. It is. It's really G- good. Gino, Guskov. All right. So, Guskov. Um, yeah, so I I like the – he is really just a killer B-kill fighter if, if you look at it. Um, his two losses are round one finishes. Almost every single one of his wins outside of that are round one finishes. Puega, um, when we watched him against, um, was that Mohammed, um, Usman. brother Usman. Yeah. He, I mean, I thought he might've killed him in that, in that shot. And I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm like, well, you know, Puega, he hasn't been knocked out yet, but I'm like, oh shit, he's only fought like eight times. So 
It's not like he's had that many opportunities. And I think I I have very a lot of confidence in the fact that um, that our dog here, uh, Guskov, can come out and land a finish against um, against a guy who has already shown that in a very short period of time in his career. All right. I'm on Guskov as well. I want no part of Zach Pauga. I don't think he's that good. Um, and to me, it, it, it was mentioned impossible monk because the loss against Ozdemir, say what you want about Ozdemir, is top five guy, top 10 guy. Like, that doesn't, doesn't do, do much for me here. Gino gets the win, but that was Mission Impossible, and you should get a bonus point from the Max Griffin that I'm still floored from. I survived the mission. That's all. That's all I can do. Moving on. We're going to take Hyder Emil. His 8,700 taken on um, Joe Schmo. No, he canceled. Um, Ricky Bobby. No, he's out. Oh, Somebody call Fernie Garcia. <laughs> Somebody call an 0-3 guy in a weight class below his. hyder has got a fight. Like that... That's what we're doing here uh, against Ferdy Garcia. Hyder Emil line on this fight is minus 200. Comeback on Ferdy Garcia is plus 170. Um, I've been given Monk Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible. Gino, your Do turn. Do it again. Do no, uh, no, no. Do you, it again. You want it? You want I, it? I want this now. You I think want, if I was a lawyer, dude, I'd just give me the mur- give me the murderers. I'm you getting want, these motherfuckers right. off. Give, give me the murderers. Uh, you all unlocked right. something in me. Fucking Fernie Garcia is not a murderer. But go yeah, ahead. Yeah, that was a bad. That was a bad. <laughs> he is. He is uh, a pillow-fisted 0-3 in the UFC fighter, who, by the way, would beat the ever-loving shit out of me and make like just. I'd be his puppet because, yeah, I just hear. Good for Fernie getting a fourth fight, but Monk, how does he win the fight at this point? You wanted it. How does he win? Yeah, I might have overstepped there. Um, well, it's it's <laughs> he's zero and three. Not good. Zero and three. He kind of dug himself into a hole. He's probably more shocked than all of us that his phone rang and it was uh, you know Sean <laughs> Sean on the other line. He's like thought it was probably Ashton Ashton Kutcher for a bit. Uh, here's the thing. And I, uh, you know, made a decent amount of money doing this last week. We faded uh, Thomas the Train last week for good reason. Um, and it's the same thing why we should have faded Thomas the Train before him uh, when he fought Nicholas Mata. These guys have eight, like eight professional fights. They make this jump. Uh, Santino was talking about this on his show uh, the, today, and I thought it was a very good point, and, and it makes a lot of sense. These guys these days, they're, they're in such a rush to get to the UFC, and their gyms want them to get there. And, and they all they want to do is get to the Dana White Contender Series fight because that's all you need. If you win that fight, you're in the UFC probably at least twice, maybe three or four times if you're somebody like Fernie Garcia. Um, and I think they're all just getting rushed, and they're not ready for this. Now, Fernie Garcia is not anybody that's generally going to check anyone, but he has gone for, he has spent 45 minutes in a UFC cage against UFC fighters. They're not like the good caliber you know it's not alex volkanovsky or even darren elkins in there at at featherweight but decent you know ufc level competition which Hyder emil has not faced and in fact he fought someone named emra sanmez last fight in the dana white contender series fight he got taken down five times in this fight uh i mean he got a unanimous decision but he got out controlled you know 38 he got controlled 38 percent of that fight Almost, he only landed 26 punches in 15 minutes. Man, 
If you're telling me that I got to pay how much for this dude? 8700 for a complete unknown. I don't care about fight tape. This is the UFC uh, and against a guy who, yeah, has looked like dog shit, but at least he's looked like dog shit in the UFC for 45 minutes. So give me Fernie Garcia at the value of 7500 if he gets a win. Can't believe that just happened. But yeah, there we go. Not a bad argument. I tried. Gino, what do you got for Hyder Emil? Journey Newsom has had six <laughs> fights in the UFC, and he has one win in the UFC. It's good Who experience. It? It's Mr. Garcia. Is that Fernie Garcia? So <laughs> with with um with Emil, but it, right, it's like I I totally get what you're saying too. These guys rush up, and then they end up being disappointed when they come up because they're not ready. But these could be two of the same. Um, and I think we already know Garcia's not good. So I would rather go with the guy that may not be good, that looks good going in, um, that's that's been dominating um, prior to this, than, um, than Garcia. I do think it was a good point about the uh, Dana White contester series with getting ta- taken down five times. Um, but again... Garcia, um, he was he he took some L's like this before, and then the other part is if you look at it, he goes to these decisions, but he's outstruck by like twenty to thirty strikes every time, minimum. So he's not, and, and it's not like he's getting a whole bunch of offensive wrestling going. You know, he he got taken down by Nakamariana four times, he got taken down by High Stand three times, he got taken down by Newsom twice. Oof. Um, so. It does nothing but build confidence in Emil for me. So we'll leave it at that. I think Emil gets it done um, and continues the win streak going. What happens after that? I'm going to really assess this fight this week to see what I'm going to do with him moving on to his next fights because that'll tell us a lot. Yeah, I'm 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 on the Hyder Emil side too, but I also hate this fight for DraftKings and Monkey didn't pull it off because he had yet Journey Newsom. <laughs> that was that was the end of that one. All right, let's wrap it up. You know, 14 fights in a little over an hour isn't isn't terrible. And it's so much, it's just a different a different format's nice. It's nice. Yeah, I feel like we're thinking outside the box of just the normal shit that I'm gonna say on two other shows this week. Yeah, we gotta we gotta see if we can punch this up somehow, market it. Hey people, share this podcast. Share it, tell your friends that we're gonna talk about Daniel Marcos at 9,300. And one of these guys is about to willingly defend Orichi Long. At 6,900. Line on this fight. Arichi Long is a big old dong. No, dog. Sorry. Not not dong. I want him. Nothing about his dong. Um, Man, I stalled pretty perfectly there. And I got to tell you, best fight odds. Sorry, fightodds.io. Really really shitting on me right now. So I'm going to jump on over here and tell you that Daniel Marcos is minus 265. And the comeback on Arichi Long is plus 215. Our last, what I think is Mission Impossible, is going to be taken on by Gino willingly because I know he's picking a reachy long. <laughs> Why? Um, because I don't value money that much. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> so I actually reachy lane is my kill shot. So ah, a little spoiler alert. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> so um, Arichi Lang is a he's a live dog in this spot as he he's shown a lot of durability over the his extensive career. You know, I know it's not the biggest in the UFC, but he has a very long career. And if you look at it, he's not really one to get finished. Um, 
that often or at all, really. Um, so Marcos, his fight against Grant um, may have been a, a fluke win as 30 significant strikes in the split decision. Um, I'm sorry. Grant outstruck him in a split decision. Um, so that kind of makes me question the quality of that win for Marcos. Uh, Marcos has not fought anyone at this point um, and is fighting a veteran who has a gas tank to go the distance. I think if it goes deeper, that's the more tired uh, Marcos gets. And then again, there's a lot There's a lot to ring experience, knowing that cage, knowing how to work inside of there. Orichi Lang has, has all of that. Um, and I, I think that's what comes to fruition here. Um, again, a lot of times these guys come in and they go fight against a seasoned vet, like a guy like a Richie Lang and those guys, they know the tricks. They know, they know what to do. They're not rookie fighters. They're not just going to come in and, and match your strengths with theirs. So I, I could see a Richie Lang extending this fight and getting the advantage later, the later it goes. And he's so cheap. I'm making him that because at a cheap price, he could score 89 points, 85 points in a win and be in the optimal at that price. All right, Monk, favorite, Daniel Marcos. Yeah, let's go Marcos here. And the only thing I'm going to push back on uh, that you said, Gino, was that Marcos has fought uh, somebody that has that vet experience. He fought Davey Grant in an extremely close split decision in his last fight. <clears throat> Beat Simon Oliveira uh, in his first fight. Looked great. Um, you know, outlanded the dude by 30 strikes. You know, knocked him down, controlled him for almost 15% of the fight. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. The Davey Grant fight was extremely close. Uh, but I think he did show that he has some of that vet. Excuse me. There we go. Some of that vet, uh, you know, he he got he got kind of a lesson in there because if you take out the round by round striking, which I already talked about once, this was very close. But Marcos did slightly lose that one. So I think the split decision, um, you know, could have gone either way there, but he got it uh, and he looked decent. He did did get outstruck, but he did land a takedown. Uh, on Davy Grant, which I guess Davy Grant does sometimes welcome. Uh, but the other point I'll make is uh, Arichi Lang, you know, has three wins in his last five, but his strength of schedule is terrible. Jay Perrin, not in the UFC. Cameron Else, not in the UFC. Johnny Munoz Jr., uh, not the best at bantamweight. And this dude got knocked out in a minute by Eamon Zahabi in one minute. Um, Cody Durden also put a hurting on him with uh, with the five takedowns there. So there are paths to victory if Marcos, say, wants to land a takedown or two. Uh, Arichi Long has given up, what, five, eight, 12 takedowns in his past five uh, UFC fights. So I think there's a good path here. Um, the salary is not my favorite at 9,300, but Arichi Lang has been finished in one minute uh, by a guy I didn't think could ever finish anyone in one minute. So uh, give me Daniel Marcos here. I'm on Marcos as well. I just think he's the better prospect. I, I think he's legit. I, I, I'm going to give the win to Monk as well because the argument about pushing back on David Grant and just that that history from Arichi Long. So we'll go there. Um, although I will say Arichi Long, of all the dogs they have to choose on this card, Arichi Long isn't at the bottom of the and I think that's a really good kill shot too. He, he's just, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with it. For the show, yeah. Just, for, for, for the argument, that's where I'm going to go with that. So kill show. shot. I think that was fun. Killshot, if you're not familiar with what we no. do, under own play on DraftKings that can win you the whole slate. Main event fighters don't count. Super Chalk does not count. It's something unexpected, usually an underdog. If you're going to, I would allow Bolaji Oki this week because the odds value is so far against him. So situations like that where you can throw in a favorite, I think are fine. Gino, I mean, you kind of gave it away, but go ahead and make it official. 
Oh, sorry, guys. Rookie move. Rookie move. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm going with the Richie Lang. Um, and I just gave an explanation. So that's all there is. Yep. Um, I think mine is pretty obvious. Too. I'm interested where, where Monk is going to go. I hope he talks himself into Max Griffin. God, <laughs> I hope he talks himself into Max Griffin. He's in the Good final argument. two. He's in the Mine. final two. Uh, and, and we, I, uh, yeah, you go ahead. What's yours? You, what's yours? You go first. My mine is Ihor Porteria because oh, see, that fight is a full-on coin flip in my mind. Look, if Ihor wins, he's winning in the first two and a half minutes. He gets past that, Brishik probably hurts. I just love the fight, and I think people are going to be more off Porteria than they should be. So that's mine. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I man, I don't, I can't. Oof, Pateri is rough. I'll, I'll definitely be playing him, but just hearing that name and seeing it on the screen just makes me <laughs> recoil. Um, and I can't believe I did, but yeah, we keep it classy here. I'm not, we'll keep it to the rules of our little thing under 7,700 or 77 or less. No problem. I got two and I did for this show. I talked myself into Max Griffin at 7,700. I totally did. Um, if anyone cares, the one I was on before that, which you know, third was a Richie Lang, but the one I was really thinking about was Brad Tavares. But I talked, I talked myself into Griffin, and now I like him more than Tavares. <laughs> oh shit! If, shit. if Max Griffin fucking wins, that's Dude. gonna be fantastic for this show. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Now right, I have to root for him. Oh man, <laughs> those are the kill shots. I hope you guys enjoyed. Gino, thanks for jumping on. We will see you next week for UFC 298. Eight, the countdown to UFC 300 begins with a good card next week. Everybody, hit the like button. Share with your friends. Sign up at DFS Army. The last one I know cost a little bit of money, but we got a lot of good content for daily fantasy. Make some DraftKings money, FanDuel money, I should say, as well. See us in the Discord. Answer all your questions. At the very least, though, share the podcast with your friend. It's not. It's no longer just another podcast where we talk DraftKings and go back and forth. Now I'm making these people do uncomfortable things. Yes. And and to me, that's funny. At some point, I wonder if we're going to have to flip this at some point and make me do this, or if I just get to be <laughs> the master in ceremonies and dole out the pain. Uh, judge, though. I like that. But to, but to see how it goes. Yeah, I like it too. I thought, I thought that was fun. All right. Right around an hour 15, we'll get the hell out of here. Hit the like button, and we'll see you next time. Good luck in whatever contest you are playing. <laughs>